and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. My name is Ash, and I am joined by two members of my firefighter family. We have Scott hey. in person this week, and we have Todd. Hello. And, uh, yeah, we have uh, some news. I think let's start with a, a quick recap of our um, contest winners mm-hmm. that we announced last week. Uh, we've uh, heard from a pair of you. Uh, so congratulations to Steve Lang and William Morgan, a um, couple Canadian boys, which is awesome so far for us Canadians, um, one from Ontario and one from British Columbia. So, uh, awesome. yeah, super, super awesome. William Kemper, uh, we're going to give you, uh, say at least another week, uh, we'll try to make contact again and, uh, hopefully get you a prize pack out to you. Yeah. If he doesn't reach back, we'll do another draw for that one. Mm, another round, random right. draw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, locally, we had a pretty interesting event happen just in Kelowna, British Columbia today. Um, somebody want to take that? Uh, yeah, so I guess there was a, uh, a crane collapse um, late morning. Uh, sounds like they were uh, taking it down, we believe. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's a... Uh, structure collapsed in this crane and it fell down hitting a striking part of a uh, an apartment building and then a old age retirement home as well so that of course drew a fairly large emergency response um, there was initially there was 12 uh, ambulances sent with additional supervisors and then um, it sounded like we had uh, the Kelowna fire department responded with their technical rescue team and also the Hangle Tech Rescue from uh, West Kelowna responded as well. Right. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And currently, possibly four fatalities or something? Yeah, the one article said um, four confirmed fatalities, but the RCMP are stating multiple fatalities. I don't know if right. they're including that as the multiple or not yet. Mm-hmm. Still early stages, but um, yeah, you know, you think of all of our resources that we have going on in the uh, province and now you throw another little mci event into this it it strains everybody all agencies yeah because what are the other problems right now yeah what else is happening (laughs) everything is on we're like australia right now Mm -hmm. pretty much yeah yeah Yeah, like widespread uh we've got forest fires coming out the ass yeah it's uh i was looking on the interactive map today and i don't have the figures in front of me but it's like so 55 new in the past X hours and hundreds in the past four, 48 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have one super close to us. Uh, we haven't been actioned on it yet because it's been fairly um, for fairly active in more of the brush, not, not interface. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kicked off interface and, and they were uh, very, very quick to get uh, resources on it. They evac'd whatever, like 77 homes right away, yeah. uh, and then had like 600 or something on evac alert, yeah. uh, which I read just before coming here, the 77 that were evac were allowed to return to home today yeah. uh, under an evac <coughs> alert still. So they're still under alert, but they were able to uh, return to their homes. So the way the fire has been spreading and uh, traveling, it's been away from those from those structures, but uh, a shift of wind could definitely put that back into to uh, pretty da- dangerous territory. Yeah, and then those the evenings too, we get that inversion. That's yeah. when it starts pushing back down in the valley. Mm-hmm. So it happened uh, the other year with that fire mm-hmm. in Northwest right. as well when you guys responded and we sent mm-hmm. our other truck as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, so initially when it kicked off uh, yesterday, right? Yesterday. Yeah, it was yesterday. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounded like it was it was right in that interface like you mentioned. Um, I believe the local department called out for mutual aid um, to the department over them. So they, they got tasked. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of, there was a few of us waiting there, ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we were messaging, I was messaging one of the captains up there saying, hey, we're ready if you need us. Mm-hmm. And he called me back a little while later. He says, yeah, it went up into the forest. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I know right now we have um, our deputy chief. He got called back. He's on his days off, so he's working with forestry. He was doing structure protection specialist stuff up in Kamloops. Okay. And then uh, he got sent back here to deal with OK Falls. Okay. So he's been there the past, uh, well, last night and this morning. Nice. All day. So. Yep. Yeah, so I mean, hopefully um, they can get a bit of a handle on it. I don't know what, uh, what it's classified at. It was... Um, Zero containment when mm-hmm. I checked previously, but so I don't know where it's at now. Um, I was reading it was the the high levels of smoke made it very very difficult for ground crews to get out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, like we had, luckily not here, but we've been getting crazy amounts of uh, aircraft getting uh, grounded yeah. because of drone uh, drones flying. So yeah. luckily not on this one, but a ton I've been reading uh, in the province though. So it's been. Uh, pretty frustrating for the um, aerial crews for sure and it sucks as soon as that happens they're grounded for a while yeah so you lose all that support and we have a very strong air support in Mm -hmm. place at the moment in our area and uh, you know those initial moments when we lose that that heavy tanker support man it makes a Mm -hmm. lot of difference oh for sure yeah it'll I mean early on especially like we're we're pretty lucky we have we have a crew station in uh, Penticton, which yeah. is just north of Okong Falls, where this fire is. Um, and they said immediately the crew of seven was on scene right away, which is, I'm um, thinking, the ones that are stationed there. Uh, they had a couple uh, helicopters and a few of those skimmer planes that were out there, uh, and they were hitting it hard early. And like we were saying the last, last episode there, um, I mean, those guys really see the overall picture from the sky and they're, they're down there laying wet guards. And I was actually <clears> talking <throat> to one of the local search and rescue guys today. Uh, they, they were on evacs last night and he was saying they were laying down uh, retardant and wet guard like crazy behind all, all of these structures. So mm-hmm. not even worrying as much about suppression of the fire, but just the structure protection early because that's the way that it was coming. So, yeah, so they, um, so Peachland Fire Department, they actually came down and grabbed our structure protection trailer okay. uh, from Wasp, and mm-hmm. uh, they tasked that up in Oakley Falls. Oh, nice. Yeah, they sent that out yesterday. Perfect. Yeah. So, yeah, shit is on fire everywhere, and it's all interface. I mean, yeah. there, there's a variety. It's oh, yeah. not, but still, mm-hmm. there's so much interface right now. It's so tinder dry, and we keep getting these summer winds that we get in the afternoons, and they're yeah. strong winds. Very strong lately. Yeah. It's this picture. Well, you guys can't see it, but you can see it. Um, that was, yeah, like first of July, basically. Yeah, like June 29th. Twenty mm-hmm. It was twenty fires. Yeah, and, and this is this is early in our later. fire season still, right? It like, is. We're, yeah. we're very early. We had that. It's usually August, mid mid August, when we are right in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's usually our August, and then into September, it starts slowing a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, we had that crazy hot wave early on with mm-hmm. no moisture, no rain. Yeah. And it's really affecting everything now. Yeah. So our fire bans provincially went very early this year. Usually the yeah. districts kind of to our east 
uh, and the coastal districts to our west, mm-hmm. usually they don't kick into a van until August. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're seeing it, well, now. Yeah. I mean, it's been in effect for the past couple of weeks, so. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, th- things are very, very, very dry here. Um, I don't even think that we've mentioned it yet on this podcast. Um, we've all talk, talked about it. Uh, we had a really destructive fire uh, in uh, Linton. I don't think we've really talk, talked about that much, have we? Uh, I can't remember. Do we, I can't remember if we brought it up. It was, just, or not. It was just, just happening during one of our episodes. Right. Yeah, it wiped out, was it 90% or more 90, of the I think town? 90% of the town. Yeah. Not crazy. Um, it's a bit of a remote. Um, That's actually the second time that house, that town's burned down. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Really? In 1930, it burned down. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. sort of the way that the uh, valley, like it's. It's it's crazy there. They're they're small, remote. Um, they have a fire brigade there, so yeah. uh, there's I don't know what ten guys, and I'm sure they don't have uh, you know all of the equipment that they would like. And when something's rolling that fast through there with that much yeah. heavy timber, yeah, so their fire hall is like a two, two, two bay. bay. Yeah, it would have so, been hard to start triaging with limited manpower, and you're yeah. focused on those tactical evacuations basically at that yeah, point, absolutely, because they basically evacuate that entire town. Yeah. yeah, immediately, and mm-hmm. people started evacuating, like as it was on fire. Like yeah. they couldn't get things fast enough. That's how fast it moved through the mm-hmm. community. Yeah, it's pretty pretty devastating. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think they're letting a lot of people in there quite quite yet. It's uh... they had two tour buses with locals uh, the other day. They uh, loaded the bus and they did a drive through. Okay. Uh, but that was it. Just to see what might or might not exactly, still still yeah. still be there, right? So. But it ta- it always takes a while. Like even a couple years ago when we had that Rock Creek fire. Yeah. Um, when they started letting people in, like the the infrastructure damage from when the power poles are going, mm-hmm. the lines down, like we got to send in all those crews to start clearing the roads first mm-hmm. and make sure everything's safe, and then they start going through. Mm-hmm. And that's usually paired with the danger tree fallers and stuff to make the routes safe. And that usually takes a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, that's I'd say the most devastating that we've seen locally mm-hmm. this year, um, and a lot of that. Like like we say is because of the uh, terrain mm-hmm. and where it's located, but still, I mean, to see something like that roll roll through, um, I mean, we sit here and we talk about like we we were rattled when the local media was saying that we had one structure loss on our local fire here, mm-hmm. which it, it was not a loss at all. Like that was a hundred percent safe. Like yeah, uh, we were walking through there. Um, we had people back back inside. Uh, doing a walkthrough, not the uh, uh, residents, obviously, but uh, we had crews going through the household like later that day. Yeah. Um, it was completely sound, uh, but it does da- like heavily damaged on the yeah. exterior of the structure and such. But so like like we beat ourselves up when we hear that like oh a loss a loss. I mean, I wonder what like those fire crews feel like when you know all they can do is just do like try to keep the people of, of, of the yeah. town safe, right? Yeah. It's got to be a pretty crazy headspace to be in. Yeah, we lost an ambulance station as well there, and, and then I think they lost Far Hall and the, and the whole works, mm-hmm. right? So. Yeah, and since that event, you know, we've noticed all these other little fires that have started, they've really kicked up the upstaffing. Um, like, I know for our service, they've told us straight up that they don't want to see any sort of repeat, so they're upstaffing like crazy. Yeah. Um, so there lots of messaging of the staff. If there's anybody available, we have to have our availabilities uh, updated weekly, mm-hmm. um, so our managers can start pull pulling from 
local stations and resources. For and sure. then, eventually, we're going to run out of staff. Yeah, well, yeah. we are. We're yeah, mm-hmm. staff is getting burnt out, uh, or, or houring, houring out. I should say, yeah. burnt out. Mm-hmm. We know they're hitting their sixteen hours every shift. Yeah. So then they can't wait till they're right. gonna be eight hours clear, and then off they go again. So that's that's challenging. So yeah, people are are working hard. And the flip side of that, one thing that's not mentioned is actually the service centers. They've been working their ass off because in this heat wave with that, like a lot of our rigs, um, they're not running so hot. And oh, yeah, yeah, we still have our normal yeah. service intervals. And with the extra miles they're pounding on, we have to get these things cycled through. So they're really pounding out the, the service mm-hmm. on it, which is really helping right. us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Shit's burning. Things are burning. No doubt. Any other fires of note that we have <laughs> kicking around here? I mean, we could talk for hours, but... I think our biggest one uh, is uh, in near Kamloops. Mm-hmm. That's 40,000 hectares right now. Right, yeah. Um, I, I always think of uh, Marshall Bass when it's yeah. half a million hectares, and that was yeah. the small fire? That was yeah, the that, that was a small fire, you said. And yeah. then, you know, the big one was like 800,000 yeah. hectares. Where... <laughs> so I'm like... <laughs> So to him, 40,000 hectares is like, yeah, so I can't even imagine uh, half a million hectares mm-hmm. rolling towards you, 40 mile yeah. flame front or whatever they said that mm-hmm. one. I mean, it's yeah. obviously a different train. Um, yeah. I think it's a little flatter out there in Australia mm-hmm. I'm talking about now. Um, uh, Mike last week was talking yeah. about the gum trees that were burning. Yeah. Eucalyptus, and I know Marshall mentioned. I think the eucalyptus trees, yeah, they basically explode and match the And the, the gum trees, they were burning underground for quite a while, and they pop up on other systems. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah so like you start scratching around. guards, and it doesn't do much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. in our area, with the or I should say our lower area, it's a lot more grasslands and sage, yeah. right? Yeah. And antelope brush and stuff. So there, we can scratch certain guards. Yeah, but still, for the amount of time and effort, and Mike pointed this out as well, like. Why are we exerting ourselves so hard to do a quick little scratch like that mm-hmm. when really we should be focusing on more air support, let it burn to yeah. a certain point, maybe focus on the structure protection or a different flank, and then go from there. Yeah, it's where we are, it just rips through fast. Yeah. It's more yeah. structure protection, just let it rip through. Yeah. Um, like we said, it's a change of mindset that we've had. We used to be like very, I remember running <laughs> running after fires, lugging hose, and yeah. you know at the time we were using structural hose, and now we're using a lot more forestry lines, and yeah. we're doing it. And then right now we're letting it come to us more. Now it's more like, oh, guys, we're just going to hang out. Yeah. And that's where when we're partnered or paired with that uh, air support is huge. Because they can worry about that flank that's running, you know, a few hundred feet away, Mm -hmm. a thousand feet away. We don't have to work as hard getting a truck in to try and work a a flank. Let it go. We'll work this other area where we have access and egress. And then they'll drop that retardant line away Mm -hmm. with them. So when a drone goes up, fucks everything because shit's grounded. Yeah, because I'm thinking back to the, you know, I mean, our fire we had here wasn't that big. It was, what ended up being? 20 hectares? Like I said, in the big, like in the, at the largest, it had covered about 50. 50, okay. So really not that big compared to everything else. But if we didn't have air support, Mm -hmm. we'd be, those homes would have been definitely threatened. Those other homes. We would have had to have apparatus parked in every one of those homes. Yeah. Um, We would have had to have your guys, your mutual aid with us. Um, there would have been a lot more work for us, mm-hmm. but their support, like literally I was on the South flank as a spotter and I was, or as a lookout, I was watching radio and the chief and I'm like, uh, never mind that last uh, airdrop just 
just put the fire out. <laughs> just just yeah. did exactly what we what our nine trucks would have done. Yeah. That last airdrop just just stopped it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the other thing too now now that all of our local departments were starting to get swamped with these fires again, you know, we talked a lot about our mutual aid and we send every we send a, a truck or, or two trucks or something uh, upon that request. But also now we have to be very careful that we don't deplete too many resources or, or get too tied up so we can return very quickly. That's right. Yep. So it's like anything else, we're kind of everybody's kind of shuttling resources and people. Yeah. Because like you said, when the fire north of us was kicking off, yeah. you guys were already kind of hovering at the hall, prepping just they were all in case. Like, right? Are they want a tender? Are they going to want an engine? Are they going to yeah. want everything? Yeah, you start getting your mind ready for it, and mm. yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you know. It, Still got those, two months left. Those drones, man, <laughs> yeah. I tell you, like, you get these guys that want to pop up and take some cool pictures and stuff. There's so many people that are self-acclaimed, you know, photographers now. That's right. And, yeah, they're screwing everything up. Yeah, you see, you know, like, in our our valley, there's, there's all these lakes and it's beautiful. And we got tourists as well. So you get the people that get those super cool close-up shots of... You know these uh, water bombers come and skim in and grab the water, mm-hmm. or the, or the uh, buckets coming in, like that looks really cool. But man, like clear the water, clear the area. I mean, I don't know what it is. Like photos are worth a million bucks, whatever. But so is all of the shit that they're trying to save. Although I suspect yeah. the idiots with the drones, they can't sell it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look at this it. cool drone shot I got. Oh really? Oh. Well. Yeah, so yeah, now you're fine. Now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're fine. And we're taking your drone. You know, the people out on the water. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was clear. They might be able to get something out of that, but it has gotten better. That. It's gotten a lot better for sure. Because previous years, the bombers would come in and skim off the lake, and yeah. you'd get guys in boats or sea dudes riding in the wake or coming up to them or just not clearing a path as they're coming in. Yeah. And the bombers, you know, they had to. They had to not pick up on mm-hmm. that path and they just yeah. have to cycle back around and try and wait, try it again wait until they're free yeah. i remember a couple of years back i was out on the water when a semi-local fire came in and uh yeah we just kind of anchored our boat like way off to the side and if there was people coming around to see them we'd be like hey back up back up and we just sat there and watched and mm-hmm. there was a bunch of us they kind of did the same thing on either side of the lake and just left the entire center section wide wide open yeah. Uh, that was down in your area. Um, and there was the odd boat that would start to go over there. And you'd see a whole bunch of people waving, like, just get out of there, get out yeah. of there. And they're, they're, they're on their way back. And sure as shit, like 15, 20 minutes later, you're going to see the four of them come in. And it's one after another, grab, grab, grab. Just drop a retardant line on top of those boats. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> oh, your boat's all red now. Yeah. yeah. Idiots. Or sunk. <laughs> or sunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a different emergency now. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I mean, I feel though, you know, there's nobody listening that's out there doing these things, but mm-hmm. I think that's just the biggest word to get out there is, you know, if it's on water, stay the hell out of there. If you have a drone, just fucking don't do it. Yeah. You know, and then the debate always comes up about, remember the Martin Mars bombers? Yeah. They always bring it up every time there's a fire. Send to Mars. Well, yeah. This is why we should have those Martin Mars bombers back. It's like, for those that don't know who the Martin Mars are, they're these massive, like, how old are those things? Oh, they're so old. Like from yeah. the forties. Yeah, they're basically like quad spruce goose. Yeah, <laughs> they're like <laughs> like boats. They're like giant boat planes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're awesome, and they I think they I forget what the gallonage of the water. Are you looking up? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot of gallons, mm-hmm. but the problem is they are so big 
Yeah. That they can only pick up from a very limited amount of uh, lakes around mm-hmm. in our area. In any of the areas. I think there's like 15 lakes in the whole province where they can right. pull from. Because it takes them forever to get down. And then they got to fill. And it's like, you know, they, they need like a 20 mile long lake. <laughs> yeah, you have to have a huge run. Yeah. Um, and then because they're so big and they're so heavy, it comes back to that speed. They're yeah. not agile. No. So... Like I was watching those, um, the skimmer planes, which I think the forestry guys called the gaggle, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. from one year, yeah. they're, they're sending the gaggle, which isn't really an awesome name. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, well, back to the Mars. So, yeah, the Martin Mars, um, they're the old military uh, uh, aircraft. So, they, I was looking back, so they've not demobilized them, but they, the company, I think they sold their rights and they're down in the States now, I believe. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, so each uh, each Martin Mars carries uh, 600 U.S. gallons, or 2,270 liters of foam concentrate. That's enough for 21 drops. Um, and then... That's just the foam. That's just the foam. Yeah. Yeah, and then, so it looks equates to... Three tenders. 27,276 liters. 27,000. Every, every seven minutes it can drop, yeah. I mean, that is a good turnaround. It's a fair amount of water. Yeah. But the problem with the Mars, though, is they're so big and heavy, it takes them so long to get that altitude, and then cycle and cycle. Yeah, like when they drop the one load, yeah, it was friggin' money. But it's like. It's also money. But it's your your turnaround. And that's why they found with those, I think they nicknamed the the ducks, those other little ones from Quebec that come in, the the yellow and with the red. Oh, yeah, those little, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, so they're those the, guys are faster. They're the ducks. They're, they're pretty yeah. fast, mm-hmm. and yeah, usually there's like four of them in tandem, mm-hmm. and and yeah. away they go, mm-hmm. and they're very fast yeah. turnarounds. But those little guys, yeah, those little skimmer planes. I was watching. They look them today. like float planes. Yeah, they're yep. like float planes. I was watching them today, um, driving back, um, on the, and yeah, they were bombing, and there's six of them now. There's mm-hmm. only four of them. Now there's six. Yeah, yeah. By the time the first the lead guy, they were already coming back down to the lake, and the last guy was just dropping. Right. So yeah. basically, they're dropping constantly. So it takes you know, less gallons, but yeah, but they can be more, more precise, precise too. Because I remember watching them on our fire one year. They were coming in, and one guy would the lead would hit, and then uh, I guess the bird dog would be like, oh, just slide over just a touch." So they slid. So the next guy would hit, and then they'd hit and hit. So they could readjust a little bit. For sure. I feel they're more like a, a surgical strike than a freaking just blah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a place for the Mars bomber. Yeah. Massive, massive fires. Coming out here. Uh, but that's the problem I, is, I don't see it is here. here, they're limited to only certain lakes. That's, yeah. Right? And Not many, many lakes. Yeah, it's very challenging to get back to that altitude. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Cool to watch. But that's everybody's comment. But, oh, wow, if we had the Mars still. Yeah, this would all be over. <laughs> No, yeah, no way, right. man. You understand. Yeah. Armchair firefighting. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, and then, you know, the crying emojis on the Facebook uh, and the yeah. thoughts and prayers. And the, <laughs> it's all nice and happy, but I'm like, at the same time, I posted the other day, I'm like, if you really want to help, go join a volunteer fire department. Yeah. Everybody's short. I mean, I, I mean, we're not that short, but yeah, most departments okay, are short. But, like, Linton. Yeah. yeah. They have... 
five or six members. I don't even know. Yeah, maybe maybe ten. Probably not. Yeah, maybe. Even so, like I said, like you, if you really want to make a difference, huh. go volunteer or help fundraise, help mm-hmm. them build the funds, then get more equipment. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. do it. Absolutely. I think even Okay Falls right right now they were pretty shy on members. Yeah. So, and they're they're in the shit now. So. And with I mean, our right now because they're mm-hmm. out of there and. With our uh, air quality now, too, I find, because so much the fires settle in our area, I know me, I like taking off on the weekends. I, I want to get out of it, so I go camping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we do safe. We have propane fire now and stuff. But still, you want to get out of the valleys. Where, and like a couple of years back, we had all those big fires. We had friends heading way down south in the States just to try and escape it. Right. And they had to head, like, into Oregon. For sure. Almost to find it. Like, Washington was still all smoked out. So people tend to, you know, vacate, and even us members, we still need a break. Yep. So yeah, whenever we're out there, I'm like, uh, I'm just thinking, okay, what's going on? I know. <laughs> no cell yeah. service, like, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's nice to be able to unplug, but at the same time, you're like, uh, mm-hmm. like what's popping off back back home, and you know, you know, the guys are going to be working hard, and yeah. you know, it's it's not the mindset like I was having a chat with. Uh, with the missus about it and you know it, it's not they're like oh they can't get it done without me it's yeah. i just know they're going to be working hard and one extra pair of hands goes a long way well it's part of the team you never want to be missing out when you're part of that team right like Absolutely. we always want it that's our personality that's why we're in the fire service and emergency services mm-hmm. is because we're just kind of wired that way to help and be involved absolutely so but we do need breaks you gotta have that <laughs> oh yeah you need some mental health breaks yeah yeah. And that's why you need succession planning too, right? Yeah. So you're not always the same officers feeling guilty, you know, having to be around. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to, okay, if the officers aren't around, you want to know those guys that are filling those seats are going to be fully capable and competent Absolutely. in doing right. every skill set as well. Yeah. And, and you know, which is nice, we had a couple, like today, we actually had one of our, um, one of our Yellow Hat members uh, jump in the jump seat of our second responding unit to a call we had today. And again, he's not an officer, but he's got a lot of experience now, and uh, he did awesome. Yeah, he's, you know, came up, was looking for some direction of what we needed from the second truck, and gave him some of that direction. He's like, yeah, I got guys doing this, this, and this. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that you want to see is, you know, guys being able to step in, because um, it's not always going to be an officer. And those are the times, like, we had, our call today was nothing crazy, but, uh, you know, those are the times you can hop in, you can run a call, uh, and that's how these 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 guys get that experience in that jump jump seat, which is great. Yeah. Um, and like do that, like I, I think that's a big thing. Like I, for myself, just where I worked, I found a lot of time I was getting to the hall and there was no officer there yet, and yeah. that was prior to me being one. I was like, yeah, you know, getting some years of experience. You know, we got to go. Let's give this a whirl. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now. I'm happy that I did because you don't learn and you don't get comfortable in that position unless you do it. So until you put it. Yeah. Yeah. So succession is good. You know, we were just saying prior to the start of the uh, podcast today, um, Chief Bob has been, you know, really good at letting kind of people, I don't want to say spread their wings, but you know what I mean? Like just kind of. What's run, that? run with it. Like if, a if peacock, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will never, on. I will never say that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe now I will. No, like on these calls, so I'll just, but I happen to just 
drive upon an MVA last week. I was heading south, right. coming down to your area, and uh, I just said it. I just sent out a text like, "All right, I'm out of town for an hour or whatever, heading out." Next thing I know, I'm com- coming over the radio like, "Hey, we got a MVA, um, one patient, we need EHS, and blah 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 blah." And Bob got on the scene and he grabbed the paddle and started running traffic. Yeah. So he's like, "What's like, what's he going to bring to the table?" He's like, "Yeah, you know, you you have that that." side of it figured out like i threw on my my fire vest right away i had my radio i was doing everything that had to be done he just let it happen and that's really awesome because it's allowing the rest of us to kind of you know just more and more experience on like running a full a full scene um and that's great comes back down to that whole succession plan thing yeah absolutely and i find too like uh like because that was the fr calls you guys did say it was pedestrian's truck um i don't know if it's it feels like this summer we're getting even more FR calls than we have in the past. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because of after COVID, everybody and their dog is out and just running everywhere, but we have had a ton. <laughs> <Just running> of, <laughs> we've, we've had a lot of pedestrian trucks and cyclist trucks and more yeah. MBAs this season so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even structure fires. Man, like our structure fires has gone off. Yeah. Mm. Our call volume period, I think, is is pretty high. So, yeah. I don't know what it is. People were all pent up and now they're <laughs> running around <laughs> <laughs> running into stuff yeah yeah you things running into stuff yeah what ran into the ground the other day a helicopter <laughs> a helicopter <laughs> yeah like not the way it's supposed to like gently this one decided to go for a fly and then decided to not do that anymore and crashed right back down uh so that was a pretty interesting call um we have i am responding uh, we've talked about it in the past a ton. And when you see these calls come in, it's weird. And you get like that well, five to 30 seconds before you hear anything from dispatch. Yeah. And it came in as... Aircraft I mean, standby. <laughs> it was like an aircraft standby and incident. Yeah. So when, <laughs> when you see aircraft standby, I'm like, oh, so actually... Yeah. One of my, one of my workers is the deputy chief's son who is also a probationary firefighter so like yeah so he like every time that we get a fire call he looks at me like am i cool to go or should i go like today we had an alarm with a restore but we still have to go make sure that the place doesn't burn someone's not trying to claim insurance money or whatever right so i was like ah no we're okay like i didn't even leave right but for that one i was like "Ah, probably just gonna go secure the lz like i'll poke over and see for uh, BC handles, yeah. right? So I'm like, I don't need to be losing a staff member just to go stand stand around and let an airplane land. Like, yeah, I can go do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm on salary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also the boss. <laughs> but so he, I like, I'm like, hey man, sounds like it's just gonna be this because all our probationary firefighters have is the I am responding. They don't have pagers or anything yet. Right. So he's not gonna hear the report. And I'm already down the back 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 alley. So. I get this. I'm like, oh, that's weird. Yeah, I'll go yeah see something we've never seen before. So we've, we've never seen it like that before, but it was like standby aircraft incident. We're like, hmm, weird. I'm going to go to the hall. So I rip out of here. And then the comms start to come in. And it's aircraft incident, helicopter crash, uh, reports of fire, reports of patients. And we're like, <laughs> holy shit, this is not... <laughs> 
goes to cure a landing zone. The landing zone is not secure. <laughs> the landing, yeah, it was unsecure like a motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, we get there and a couple of guys were in our first response engine and just made the quick adjustment to hop into our secondary engine, which has rescue tools. Uh, and I kind of made the, the funny comment of, uh, hey, we might need rescue tools because this is like an MVA that crashed to the ground. Because <laughs> yeah. um, you got to think, like this thing's an aircraft and it, we could need to cut into it and extricate patients. Like this is what you, you're you uh, thinking about. So yeah, we switched out the gear and moved you know, out there. You know, I was thinking after we talked about this. Mm-hmm. Is it, do we think airplanes and helicopters explode on impact because of movies? Is it like, is it like cars? Because like we all know cars don't just blow That's up. That's right. They do not. Because the other day I was with a guy and he's like, so uh, like if someone shoots a gas tank, like should I hide, be hiding behind this car if someone shoots a gas tank? Because will it, won't it explode? I'm like, no, I'm going to go spread some kitty litter. Like, no, it's just going <laughs> to leak out the bottom and I might catch fire, but probably not. Yeah. And I'm wondering if that's what our perception of an airplane crash is. Is it always going to be like, woo? (laughs) (laughs) And is that what everybody's thinking? So, (laughs) I mean, I I get like obviously the fuel and, uh, Mm -hmm. but so A one is quite flammable. Yeah, we know that. Um, so this helicopter was quote on fire, and there was no so there there was other than heat. I don't know what else could have like started the fire. Like it, it crashed. It actually wasn't in that bad of shape, luckily. Um, and I, I learned a bit about about how these things come crashing down. And um, one of our prior members explained something, and I don't want to butcher it, but he says it's called the devil's curve. And if you're over 200 feet and you have an engine failure... You can't auto-rotate. You can, because you... Oh, you so, can. Yeah, because Sorry, you're over, you're over 200 feet. Yeah. So you have enough elevation and rotor speed that you can safely manipulate the helicopter to the ground. So, like, you don't have a choice of where you're putting it down, but you can control it. That's okay. But under 100 feet, you don't have that that curve of speed yeah. and um, so rotor speed and height. And you get up to over 100, 200 feet. So you want to get yourself pretty high pretty fast, right? Um, and that clearly didn't happen in this incident. No, it was this, this was 100 feet up. So yeah. it was about about yeah. hundred feet where the failure happened, and it, I feel from everything that that we've seen and heard that the guy made the pilot made a valiant effort to try to get to where we were all parked because there was a massive gravel, um, sort of like loading zone maybe for yeah. uh, for the business there. Um, <laughs> it was about thirty feet shy. Yeah, and they got putting her into a some uh, grapevines. Grapevines. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, luckily everybody was, um, I mean, relatively okay, uh, given the, you know, mechanism of injury and such, but, um, you know, you just never know what to, like, what to show up with, so we kind of sent everything. It was one of those things where we wanted to be first on scene with the truck that had foam, because we got back to anything aviation, you want to make sure that you have some, some good foam. Uh, and then we wanted to make sure that we had the rescue equipment. Yeah. But also, we dispatched a uh, water tender and our brush truck. Yeah. So getting the bush truck out there, um, just because of where it was mapping is crazy to imagine. Very interface. Yeah. So if this thing put 
put itself yep. down in like some of the sage. I mean, yeah. that's an instant grass fire, wildfire wait, waiting to happen. So we rolled out pretty heavy. Um, and again, I think on the flip side is um, just due to the way that it happened, um, like your side of it rolled, rolled out pretty pretty heavy as well. Um, just of all of the un- unknowns. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to add probably... Everyone wanted to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's yeah, nobody wants to be left out. Yeah, nobody wants to be left out of that scene. Yeah, because I was left out. Yeah, <laughs> I was still on the coast. And, you can, and even worse, you can even hear the comms. Obviously, yeah, I'm on the coast. The one I am responding. <laughs> Helicopter crash. I'm having lunch. I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then when nobody's replying, you're text messaging. Yeah, you know, I'm trying it's to something. find a good signal. Like, yeah. Yeah. trying to look at the news. <laughs> yeah, usually there's somebody from one of like our, our like, tech, text groups that. That can kick back an answer, but there's two two people that are away: Scott and Rob. <laughs> and Rob's our media guy. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys want to give me an update? Uh, yeah, we're uh, kind of busy. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pretty interesting though. Yeah, with that response model, it's, it's always as good as what you get for information. So our service started scrambling uh, resources, and um, they initiated. Uh, well, the five five units we all responded first. So myself, uh, a Papa unit, which is a advanced life support, um, and a single responder, and three ambulances. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a major incident, it goes up the chain of command. So our supervisors, our clinical educators are notified, managers are notified, um, depending on the initial units um, resource. When they get actually, I should say there's six units because we also had a helicopter dispatched. Right. Um, so then the next level from there is you know possible hospital notifications so usually the dispatchers will notify the trauma hospital saying hey mm-hmm. this is what's happening just so you're aware we'll advise shortly so they can kind of prep them of the next phone call to come right yeah and uh of course then the ongoing joke was was well if we don't need the helicopter like do we want to s- <laughs> do we really want to send them back into a helicopter or do they when crash? they go back into a helicopter <laughs> yeah they go back in yeah <laughs> that's right so sir or ma'am we're gonna get y'all packaged up here. We have a helicopter coming in. No. Uh, I think we can probably drive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you know what's? I was just thinking here as we were chatting with that whole like devil's curve or whatever. So what if he was over a little more? So that could have changed that scene. Rather than putting it down into the vineyard, mm-hmm. what if you couldn't control it and put it down into the building? I mean, yeah. how many people were involved in that building? I mean, you got, you know, rotors are spinning. You got a heavy, obviously, hel- you know, helicopter coming out of the sky. That would have been a different scenario. And that's the difference of about 50 feet. Mm-hmm. So. Well, you think of extrication, too. Like, where it landed in the vineyard, you know, you've got high tensile wires. You've got posts. Uh, mm-hmm. You had a bank getting down mm-hmm. into it. Like, you know, there, there's a lot of extra things for fire suppression and for uh, patient extrication if they had to be extricated. Luckily, it sounded like bystanders and everybody kind of helped them out and got them out. Yeah. Because, um, uh, like we're talking about explosions, people were yeah. afraid it was mm-hmm. going to burn up. So they were yanking people out uh, yeah. before anybody got there because it was on fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and the fire was fairly contained. And, and again, that's maybe, ho- you know, the Hollywood versus reality. I'm assuming helicopters are probably made not to explode. I feel there's <laughs> some, like, safeguards in place. Yeah. yeah. But again, it, it was very much still 
I don't know about running, but systems were running when we got on scene. The so power systems are still going. Power on. systems were happening. Pumps were still firing. So I mean, there was there was a lot going on. So that was some challenges within itself. <laughs> and how did you guys figure out how to turn that stuff up? Uh, well, the Google. The Google. <laughs> yeah. So because yeah, that isn't in the. That's uh, not an NFPA manual. NFPA. <laughs> yeah. No, it is yeah. not. Yeah. Aviation, uh, auto X calls. Yeah, there was none of that. But uh, yeah, you figure out what kind of air- aircraft it is and battery location and master mm-hmm. disconnect and that's a thing and the guys got it within seconds. It was fast. Yeah. I mean, not going to lie, we've done that on car accidents Cars before. as well, yeah. yeah. Where's the battery located in this one? Well, is there's... the trunk? Is it here? Yeah, it's a trunk. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's under the some, spare. Okay, we Some rando the Chrysler Sebring. Yeah. It's in the wheel well. Like, yeah, we're always here. on our... Like... <laughs> yeah. Well, there's special apps actually for that design for the fire service. It's called um, Google. <laughs> <laughs> no, but for the for the um, all the new vehicle models and where the safety and where yeah. it caught to yeah. the weak points and all that mm-hmm. stuff and, and it, well, that's kind of spark what we're talking about before we start recording as well as you know bringing in somebody to give us a better orientation of some of the aircraft in our area so we're Absolutely. more orientated to mm-hmm. those um, kind of major disconnects. Because there is a lot of helicopters running. <clears throat> I mean, we have a helicopter. Right. Is that a school or is that a no, nope, it's um, a repair facility, and they... So a helicopter repair facility, which means yeah. the helicopter wasn't running properly originally. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you want to talk about crazy, so my day job, like, they're <clears throat> in my accounts, and, like, I've been in and out of there, and kind of got a walkthrough, and when they research, like, rebuild and research, it's not just, like, we're going to go check over these points. It's the entire wiring harness is pulled out and laid down, and it's, like, miles of mm-hmm. cable and they've got it all laid out and they know what they're doing and I don't and I was just like Ugh, this is going to go back in there and fly again oh yeah yeah for sure okie dokie I trust you guys but if you fail maybe we should know what, what kind of what we're doing yeah. over here too yeah. so it got presented to us uh, from actually one of our ex-members uh, which is really really cool and then these guys right right next door I'm sure would be right on board as well um because one of the crazy things they do right now, um, that's not crazy, but it's like it's weird, is that the whole um, when it rains here in the orchards, what, that's right. what, what comes that's right. out right after they rain? Yeah, the so helicopters it's so the are, cherries. Yeah, it starts yeah. raining, so to dry them off, so they don't split. And the helicopters are flying over at fifty yeah, feet, so well below the devil's curve, whatever they call it. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, so they're I'd flying say less than fifty. Oh yeah, feet, I, mean, I was gonna be yeah, I was being just generous. over the yeah, the like trees. I got mm-hmm. videos from my parents, like them just like hovering like mm-hmm. feet from the top of the trees. Yeah, this thing hovering around. Yeah. So one of those crashes, one of those just yeah. has a minor problem. Boom. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're on the ground and into a bunch of trees. <clears throat> yeah. Mm-hmm. So access, um, what they're going to be able to chainsaws and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, surprisingly, like we've we've had a couple of aviation crashes. Yeah. Back in the day. Um, well, the most recent one we we had the glider. Yeah. Is it you? Were you on it? No. Right. I don't know when that was. Either I was, was around or yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the person didn't get hurt, but yeah, mm-hmm. it was a glider crash. We're like, what truck do we take for this? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not going to be on fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably yeah, we've had... boom, it explodes. Yeah. It's a glider. Yeah, there's there's no fuel. <laughs> <laughs> we had the one Cessna go down on the highway, right? Well, yeah, I yep. that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah a couple years ago, last just, year, just a couple years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, in the early eighties, mm-hmm. we had. Several airplane crashes uh, yeah. over a weekend. Mm-hmm. But that was, I was like little. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but they do happen more and more, and and you know, like I don't know, it's it's one of those things that we talked about. I remember when we were were you here when we were trying to create the new bush truck a while back. Yeah, we're gonna put a um, yeah. We talked about having a yeah. like a calf system in it with a, uh, a remote uh, nozzle monitor. on the a monitor on the front. Oh, yeah. And, yep. And we we're trying to sell it as well. The, the airport's here, and yeah, it's not a big airport yet, but mm-hmm. you know, we've had you know some some yep. go down on the runway. Well, and you have to look at where we are today. So, we are major wine industry here. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of heli wine tours that happen. Uh, we have a super high end racetrack here now. There's a lot of private helicopters. And there's a go lot there. of private flights in and out. Yeah. Um, and then plus our agriculture industry that use it for um, drying off cherries and shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's many, many like we we are we have a lot more in the air today. Well, and there's the, 10, there's the flight training ago. school north of us in Penticton. That's right. And they do night flying down in our in area our as area. well. That's right. So the 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 possibility of something going south is a lot greater than it used to be years ago. That's right. And <laughs> well, the force fire, the, all the force fires now. Yes, yeah. and now the force fires. Yeah, and there's fires, there's helicopters everywhere. Like, cause I remember when I was little, a helicopter would fly by, you're like, oh, hello, a helicopter, woo! Oh, yeah. Like, you'd be like, a, see like seeing yet. a unicorn. Yeah, now like, we're like, now it's like, like five helicopters fly. We're like, ah, oh, oh, it's loud yeah, stupid, and annoying. Stupid summer. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and with these big calls, like going back to that specific crash, like you talk about sending resources and stuff, like because all of our resources are so stretched right now with the forest mm-hmm. fire season and just uh, the heat wave and everything else that's going on. Um, we go back to keeping resources coming. So it's good knowing that you guys sent a pile of resources right away and then you start scaling them back. Yeah. Um, because that's one thing on our end, being in our smaller communities, we've talked about this before, is is not canceling those resources. Like keep mm-hmm. them coming until you get your good game plan or whatever it is, patient care, fires, and then start releasing resources. Yeah. Because I can arrive and if I'm not needed, I will assist. I'll be available to respond to something else. We can mm-hmm. assist and then clear. Like that, right. that resource still isn't tied up. I'm not mm-hmm. pulling shit out of my ambulance. You know, mm-hmm. I can keep it there ready to go. Mm-hmm. I can assist and then clear. For but sure. it's very hard. You can't get those resources back easily once they're they're cleared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're we're really big on that now as well. Um, you know, you, you can't buy that time back. No. Um, Dude, you know, get them rolling. Hey, diesel's diesel's cheap. Yeah, fuel's cheap. They're already at the hall, right. so they're already getting quote paid to be there. Right. Um, and everybody wants to roll. Like guys want yeah. guys want to roll. Yeah, like, guys don't want to sit at the hall and hear. Oh, we got it. Like mm-hmm. they want to roll. We run that that situation a lot. Do code three. You can just go routine. I mean, for helicopter crash, obviously. It's oh yeah, everybody's rolling hot. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even like for us, like when we launch our medevacs. Everybody I find as, as medics, a lot of people are very quick to try and cancel them rather than taking that time to get a real good clear picture of what's happening. Because in the past, it was always, we, we the mindset has changed. In the past, we were told, cancel right away because mm-hmm. you know, we, they don't want that don't resource. Don't commit out. those resources. Well, yeah. there's no cost. They're already up in the air or they're, they're already launching. Mm-hmm. There's no cost difference. Like I said, fuel's cheap. Yeah. Get them going. They turn around, they go somewhere else. No biggie. And yeah. that that has curved a lot now. Like now they're really educating a lot more of our crews to, to do that. And we have a more of a process in place and policies to cancel those. 
Like it's, sure. it's a more of a two-step process now rather than before we just, yep, yeah, call on the radio, okay, I canceled the chopper. Right. But now we have to make a phone call to a specialist. They talk to our um, our flight center, and then they go from there. Right. Well, like we, uh, I don't want to say tried to cancel here on this helicopter once, but like the patient was fine. Um, and we had heard that like our dispatch on the fire side was like, yeah, you have an ambulance coming out of X location, delayed, and a helicopter coming in. And like, we're looking at the patient, like the patient's mint. We're like, uh, just far as you can let EHS know, like you can cancel the helicopter. Mm. And they're like, yeah, no, we actually can't. Do that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not happening. We're like, yeah. okay. Like he's walking around. He was not walking around, but he was fine. Like yeah. was not required to be flown, flown away. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, they were just like, yeah, no, it's, a, it's not our issue anymore. Mm-hmm. Just keep, keep that resource coming. Yeah. And now with our choppers too, like, you know, we're seeing more and more, they're arriving on scene and before we would, I don't know, I guess I would say it'd be a questionable patient if you're going to road them to a trauma center or, or yeah. fly. But now we're realizing that, you know, just that, that extra value of the critical care paramedics, there's so much more they can do. And even little things that like people forget just about something as simple as like uh, more sufficient pain control even, right? Like yeah. get these people comfortable. Like we're paying taxes for the service. Yeah, run it. Yeah, run it. And I, I feel if the more it runs, the more they'd add. So then yeah. maybe they'll add another chopper. Yeah, 100%. Right. It's, another, it's, another all, it's all statistic-based, right? That's like anything yeah. we do nowadays. Yeah. And like the, the best thing about it is it keeps our local resources local yeah. rather than sending a car, which might be heading north or all the way north to the trauma center yeah. to Cologne. Yeah, it's quick and easy for our guys to land, uh, load up, and then off they go to a trauma center. Yeah. Uh, or even to a, a lower level center like Penticton. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll be able to land at that hospital now at the helipad yep. and go from there. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody goes to the trauma center. For right? sure. So, yeah. That's good. And this, this helicopter crash specifically, like, so we ended up uh, roading uh, three patients uh, in a convoy up to mm-hmm. uh, the trauma center because mm-hmm. we have these policies in place. Yep. For sure. So it worked out well. Mm. All this resource talk reminds me of the story back, like, in the day. Like, literally in the day. <laughs> like, in the 60s. Right. Did Bob ever tell you that story? I don't know. I think... So, back years and years, and like, literally, like, I think I think it was, like, 70s, maybe? 80s? I don't know. I don't know. But it was a long time ago, before we had proper fire dispatch. Um, our old hall, there was a dude that lived in the upstairs. And he had two jobs. His job was dispatching the fire department <clears throat> and... He was a taxi driver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what happened is people would call, not 911, they would call the fire department phone number and this guy would answer the phone. And then uh, if it was a, if it was a fire call, he'd, he'd hit our siren, which we still have today, but no page or anything, just a siren would go off and everybody would come. Well, at one point, I don't know if the town, this, again, a long time ago, I don't know if the town decided or if yeah. this guy just decided on his own, well, not every not every one of these calls is a real call. So I'm gonna get in my taxi. <clears throat> I'm gonna drive to the scene, see if it's needed. But there was no cell phones back then, so we'd have to drive back to the fire hall and then Jeez. call the trucks. Mm-hmm. So at the time, the old deputy chief, again, a long time ago, I was probably like about five or six. Yeah. And he said in this meeting once, he goes, if a, if my house is on fire and a taxi shows up, someone's going to die. <laughs> or, someone, or if a taxi shows up before a fire truck, somebody's going to die. <laughs> Not by the fire. <laughs> so is this interesting over, you know, however many years it's been since that story? Um, now, 
the advancements we made and the you know we just <laughs> all the resources we can put at it and we yeah. realize it's better more is better and then we can throttle it back yeah um yeah time sure has sure has changed <laughs> oh, yeah. the guys hitting the siren man <laughs> yeah yeah what a time i still like we have a, we still have our siren on our yeah, our hall, and it's, it's awesome because it, it still goes off to this day. Oh, it's awesome in here. And every, you know, we had tourists in town. They're like, "What is going on? What did yeah, one of our guys tell somebody the other day?" Yeah, right. Oh, there's a Sin- tsunami yeah, warning. Tsunami had to. <laughs> We're in the middle of like steal. the desert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the mountains all around us. No ocean. Head to the high country. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Actually, I had, a, I had a Facebook memory. I was down in Oregon, and I was staying in this super sketchy campsite, and it was like two in the morning, and there was like weirdos like creeping around people get murdered Uh, it wasn't quite that that weird but like i wouldn't have doubted it if there was a murder there at some point in time it was really weird like it's one of those things where you book all right i'm gonna stop here it's like sounds like the perfect spot they give this one nice photo and there's a couple not bad reviews a couple decent ones we're like "Eh, we're gonna wing it we're really only here for a night anyway they took a photo of the one piece of grass on the entire place. Just <laughs> like picture. I don't know. It's shitty. So anyway, I wasn't feeling super, like super good about sleeping there. Kind of checking things out. It's like 2 a.m. and I'm still kind of up. And then... <laughs> air raid siren. I'm like, is that like a tsunami siren? But I'm on the ocean, so like, uh. things are happening. So I get out of the my trailer, like walking around. There's nobody else out. So I'm like, okay, well, I was a firefighter at the time. So I'm like, well, maybe it's a fire hall. So when I listen, I'm like, come on, boys, go get them. Nope, <laughs> no other sirens. I'm like, what the shit is going on? So I start start to Google the town and siren, and that it was supposed to be for for uh, tsunami or whatever. And I'm like, shit, okay, so that's happening. But. But then we get 30 minutes later, it goes off again. I'm like, oh man, like what? Now I'm back outside, I'm looking for somebody. I'm like, should I be hooking up? Like, am I out of here or what? <laughs> One rando guy's still outside drinking. You're pumping up your uh, air mattress to ride, yeah, on. Just <laughs> ride <case>. the tsunami. <laughs> Nothing ever came of it, but man, that was crazy. And so I was that guy, I was that crazy tourist. And he's just like, don't worry about it, it happens all the time. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what? I don't think they should be letting us know. If it's like nothing, he's like, ah, it's like a potential. I'm like, oh, that's weird. So I, I didn't sleep well. <laughs> I kind of had the pickup truck ready to drop on the ball. Nice. But uh, I was that tourist, and we get that all the time, and I chuckle now because I was that that guy once. But they're like, what's with the air raid siren? Yep, head to the high country. Jeez. We, we did our uh, big road trip camping down to Oregon and Cali and everything. We're in this one town. We're on the edge of uh, Oregon and California, and it was a little sketchy RV park. We pulled in for a quick night's sleep and, and got the trailer backed up, and I'm looking around I'm like, yeah, we are not setting up our camp stuff outside. We're cooking in the trailer. Shit's staying locked up. Yeah. <laughs> I got my baseball bat because I couldn't bring a gun because I had to cross the border. Yep. The, the bat by the side of the bed, and uh, the wife's walking to the, um, the laundromat mm-hmm. at the site there, and 
She said, oh, I was talking to this guy. She said, yeah, it looks kind of rough. And we pulled in. The cops were shaking some guy down behind our trailers and by this, like, <laughs> dockyard. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's not that bad anymore. Last weekend, though, it was crazy. There's some crazy lady throwing gasoline on all the trailers around here trying to light them on fire. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't sleep a wink. Oh, man. It'd be awesome if it was the same place. Can't be fun. <laughs> yeah. Saints. Let's stick, oh, stick with the one place we go. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, I can't wait to go back there. <laughs> what the crazy sketchy place? Not that place. No, just <laughs> like Oregon Coast. Okay. Like Northern California. Soon. Borders will be open soon. Yeah. And we'll be able to go. Absolutely. Yeah. I know boys any more for any more on that. Nope. Kinda, I don't think so. Kinda beat forest fires and a heli crash. Yeah. It's been mm-hmm. a busy hot week. Mm-hmm. We need our our dead horse that can drop drop out of the ceiling. <laughs> what? Because ah. <laughs> we beat the subject to death. Because we oh, beat the right. subject to death. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. yeah. It's an inside joke thing, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you uh, been to our meetings before? Oh yeah. What yeah. Say oh. <laughs> It'd be like yeah, like I will say something. You know, I think we should add a short length of hose to our Minuteman. Preconnects like a, a good idea. I agree or with Ash on that one. Mm. <laughs> and then somebody else would be like, "Well, why do we need to do this? We should do it." And then you'd be like, "I agree with that person." And then you'll go around and around in circles for like everybody, an hour. Everybody will agree, and everybody won't agree, and then everybody agree again. <laughs> so we like the quote is like, "We want to have this button that will lower a dead horse." <laughs> yeah, because so by the end we'll have the color of the hose. Uh, have, uh, yeah. what thread we should use. <laughs> and everybody's exact, on the same page. The exact length. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, which is kind of how things get done, but it's also how things don't get done. But it's yeah, cool. That's um, why I, I love meetings. Uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Modus. Modus. <laughs> Scott. Yeah, Modus. Uh, Snagger Tool is probably their biggest claim to fame. We have a few sitting here yeah. right now. Um, some ready to ship for the winner. Or what, how many are one ready to ship for the winner? Yeah, we got uh, Snagger for a winner and then a couple pocket organizers with some uh, Force Entry gear. Right. Um, got some of the old, uh, what is it, Scratch and Dent? Ones? Yeah. yeah. They don't look that scratched or dented. <laughs> I think <laughs> they're, uh, I, th- I think we figured out they were double modist. Uh, that should be extra. Try to extra, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what's wrong with this one. Yeah, we got yeah. some more uh, spanner wrenches there as well. Yep. We're gonna start uh, getting some other nice. contests going. And... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the snagger tool, spanner wrenches, hydrant wrench, um, various bags of different sizes, mm-hmm. soft entry, uh, soft entry tools. Yeah, we were going over my personal IFAC before we came up here. Yep. Yes, put together. Yep. Yeah, it turned out really sweet. Maybe I'll snag, snag some some photos of snag that. Snagger, snagger. I'm snagging oh, look, a water look, bottle. Look, like a water bottle holder. Hey, there you go. Next and another yeah. one of the things. <laughs> yeah, 102 pieces for the snagger tool. I was telling you guys beforehand, but um, I was at this place in, uh, on the coast, a uh, shop, and it's uh, like a tactical store, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I could kind of hear this guy talking to the one of the uh, one of the workers. He's like. Yeah, my son just graduated from the fire academy, and I'm buying him some stuff for his graduation present. And he's looking for a knife, and he's like, "Yeah, I already got him a lighter." That's kind of that's kind of odd. <laughs> <laughs> a 
firefighter turns a lighter. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> so he's getting him a lighter. He's going to engrave that. And he's getting him a knife. And he's looking for something else. And I happen to be standing next to the guy. Uh, I was looking at knives, too. And he goes, hey, is that knife legal? And I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, pretty much everything in this case is legal. Like, yeah. <laughs> these guys are going to sell anything that's illegal. Because <laughs> it's like kind of a police shop. And then, the, you know, and he's like, I said, oh, uh what are you looking to buy? He's like, oh, a knife for my son. And he tells me, which I kind of already heard. And I said, oh, you ever heard of a snagger tool? I said, what? So I pull my phone. <laughs> Show him the old uh, snagger and tell him the discount code. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. <laughs> which is DTFF5. <laughs> so that'll give you your discount code on your modus. Um, I believe he went and bought one. He was, I heard him went and told, told his wife. He's like, hey, this guy just showed me about this thing. Look at this. Yep. So... Perfect. So Look. somewhere, some new recruit is going to have a snagger tool. Awesome. Nice. And it's probably not official kit on his department. He'll probably get <laughs> shit on and fucking kicked out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this you is not official. Graduation career. Yeah, 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 we just served the guy's career. Yeah, he's, he's done. Nice. Modus. Modus. Stop the bleed. Stopthebleed.org. Uh, go online, learn how to stop the bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talk a lot about it. Uh, definitely reach out and yeah, have some proper training with it. Uh, wound packing, direct pressure. Um, hemostatic gauze is a great, um, great piece of kit to add to your toolbox for your little IFACs and first aid kits. We, you know, it's it's super useful. We've mentioned going out on all these trips and hunting, camping, quadding. Carry that stuff with you. And you know, I look back at how many times I've been in the bush before without certain things like that. And I don't know why, cause I've been a medic for so long, but you know, I do have numerous other little kits, but uh, super important. You're all back in the truck. Yeah. You just sit in a camp. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> kits though. Beautiful kits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop the lead. Uh, go online, see if you are interested in becoming an instructor uh, or else uh, go check our content out on the YouTubes and the Facebooks as well for uh, some of our videos on the stop the lead programs. Absolutely. What if you want to, uh, Buy some things to help you stop. If you want to bleeding. buy some things for stop the bleeding, <laughs> rescuecentrals.com. Uh, go online. There's a good variety of packs to choose from there. Um, good uh, training products and stuff. Uh, wound packers, um, different uh, things to simulate that high fidelity training we always talk about uh, and make it as realistic as possible. Right. Uh, they've got a lot of good kit. So anything on there, you can't go wrong. Uh, preloaded and just empty packs and then stuff you can build your own as well. Beautiful. What else we got? Counter Olson. Country music out of the west coast of British Columbia. Doing some live shows now. Um, check them out on Spotify and Facebook. Yeah. Sure. Lastly, you got us. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Um, yeah. Give us a like, share, um, comment. Uh, the more engagement we get the bigger the audience and that just helps uh, us try to get out in front of more people and continue to be able to do this uh, we definitely appreciate all the uh, support that we've gotten from the start till now yeah and uh, yeah we're hopeful we keep on keeping on so that would be much appreciated Gee. yeah anything else chance I'm good awesome no Perfect. stop good night. John Thanks, everybody. Good night. Beautiful.
Thanks, everybody. Have a good night. Stay safe. Stay DTFM.